So, um, for the last couple weeks, we have been in a series uh, on life as a disciple and looking at, um, okay, so if we are followers of Jesus, what does it look like um, to, to model our lives after Jesus, to actually follow Jesus as a disciple? Um, what would it look like for our identity to be that of a follower of Jesus? And so um, kind of went into this thing where there's this, uh, where Peter gives a speech where he tells people, repent, uh, be baptized, then receive the Holy Spirit. And now we've been in this, this is our fourth week. We originally told you it would be three, but we extended it to four of um, talking about the Holy Spirit and what, what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, the first week we kind of talked about like, who is the Holy Spirit? Um, who is God? Like that there's three in one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The next week, Mickey shared with us um, about how God's plan, we see it unfold throughout Scripture, has always been like God with his people and, and his people with God. Um, and ultimately, how God has done that and made a way for that to happen is, um, is by giving us his spirit to dwell in us now, um, not just next to or around, but for those who, who follow Jesus, for a spirit to live in us. Um, and then last week, Andrew shared with us, okay, so... What does this relationship look like if the Holy Spirit's in us? Like, how does this play out? What are some of the things that he does, like, on our behalf in this day-by-day relationship? So he talked about how the Holy Spirit is a counselor, a helper. Um, He convicts us of sin, um, shows us that we're adopted into God's family, makes us more like Jesus. And and there's so many other things that he got into and even could have gotten into um, because there's so much that on his end of this two-way relationship that the Holy Spirit does. So um, this week, um, we're going to be looking at a couple questions. um, And I think uh, I've I've got them in the first slide. Um, What's our role in this relationship with the Spirit? And then secondly, how does our day-to-day living impact this relationship that we have with the Spirit? And I'm not going to say that I'm going to answer these questions necessarily because there's a lot there, but I think we're going to dive into it a little bit um, and and wrestle through it a little bit, and hopefully we just come away with better understanding um, of what that looks like in our lives um, with those questions. So with that, I'm going to pray. And I'd ask you guys, uh, like we we do often, uh, pray with me and let's all ask um, the Holy Spirit who's here with us um, and ask him for his help to understand, like, what what do you have for me tonight, God? Um, Have you been working on something in my heart or in my life for a while? And and tonight, like, finally, I'm going to see what you've been doing. Um, Are you starting a process tonight that I'm going to see what you did or what you've been up to um, way down the road, or, or maybe it's a small thing that something happened today, um, and, and God has something for you and, and how he loves you and how he's with you, um, how he's taking care of you in that situation. So as I pray, you can pray along those same lines. Holy Spirit, we thank you um, that you are, um, you are with us. Um, that you would make your dwelling place in, in our hearts, um, that you would put yourself in our broken and, and weak and messy lives, um, and that you offer us so much strength, so much support, so much guidance. And we need that tonight, Lord. I, have, I don't know what everybody else's weeks have looked like, but um, God, mine has been tough, and I need your help. I need to know that you're good. Um, I need to see where you're leading me through the ups and downs, and I pray that for my friends here too. 
um, whether they're in a really good season right now or a hard one. Uh, we want to hear from you in every season. Um, so would our eyes and, and ears be open uh, to what you have for us tonight and we step into it. Your name, amen. All righty, so um, when we start talking about like what is our role in this relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, we actually have to start talking about temples, which seems really strange to talk about a building and talking about um, a relationship. But we're going to watch a video clip um, from the Bible Project um, that should be up there, Jacob, on, on YouTube. Um, and uh, if you wouldn't mind once you play it, not yet, but um, stopping it at 227, that would be awesome. But just to catch you up, because we're diving into this um, video clip um, a little ways into it, this one's called Heaven and Earth. And it talks about how there's like God's space, and then there's like people space or our space, right? And you can see it kind of in those two pictures right there. Um, and how we think of God's space is kind of like the heaven or his kingdom or, um, or um, beauty and majesty and glory. And then with our space, we kind of think of earth and we think of like the tangible things. We think of um, fallenness or, or sin or, or some of that. But what God intended in the beginning um, of everything is that there wouldn't be this separation between his space and our space, that they would actually be overlapping. And that's what the kingdom of God is all about. But when Adam and Eve sinned, like a separation took place between like heaven and earth. Um, and so that's where this video is at so far. And we're going to dive into it from here. So feel free to play it whenever, Jacob. All right. That's good, Jacob. Thanks. So, um, so we get this picture of in the temple or the tabernacle, this those two spaces being united together again. And we don't have time to get into all the details. Mickey covered a little bit of like what that looked like in order for those two spaces to coexist. Um, but it was this way um, to be in God's presence, man and God together again, how he intended it in um, the beginning. Um, and the temple was built for God's presence. And I want you to catch this because the temple was built for God's presence. God's presence wasn't made or built for the temple, right? Like, because, like, God was giving of his presence, like, the people were like, we've got to build this place um, where God's presence will reside, uh, where under God, the way that God instructs it, instructs it the way that God uh, lists it out so that he can be uh, with his people again. It's not that there was just some really fancy building and God was like, wow, because that fancy building exists, I will make my presence to be in that place, right? Um, the, this is the, a place that people built so God could be with his people. And that's important to hang on to for a little bit later. Um, so, like, what does this, like, have to do um, with us and relationship talking about this temple or this tabernacle? Because if you're connecting the dots already, like, especially with what Mickey shared, this isn't the way that it is anymore. Like, we don't come to harvest, hopefully, uh, to just be like, this is the only spot I can experience God's presence. Like, God's presence is here, but when I'm off on my own, like, that's not the case. Um, Mickey shared that in Acts, the book of Acts, we see that um, Jesus tells uh, his disciples that the Spirit is going to come to you. And then about a month or so later, like, the Spirit comes and it looks like flames of fire, like above their heads, like a rushing wind throughout the whole room, um, where for the first time um, with God's followers, the Spirit 
lives in them, no longer just in this building or around them, but living in their hearts, in their lives. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, turn there. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. also up on the screen if you need it. This is a guy named Paul who's talking, um, sharing this with us. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And we'll just stop there for now. There's this really cool picture that Paul gives us, this kind of like truth that he reveals to us. While once God lived, um, God's presence dwelt in a temple, now God's presence dwells in us, and we're the temple for the Holy Spirit. We are the tabernacle for the Holy Spirit. So if we're a temple for God, like, how do we do that, right? Um, Because a building knows how to be a building because someone made it, and it just does it, right? (laughs) But how do we live, like, when we get to make choices, we have decisions, how do we live as a temple for the Holy Spirit. And we'd be really lost and um, pretty out of luck uh, if it wasn't for Jesus in this regard. Because um, as you remember, like at the, well, hopefully remember, at the start of this series, we talked about how um, a disciple is someone who learns from a teacher. And for Jesus followers, um, our teacher is Jesus. He's our example. So we get to look to Jesus and, and see even that in his life, right, if you remember when he was baptized, we talked about his baptism, how God the Father was present, and then he received the Spirit, kind of came down in the form of a dove. Um, don't know what that looks like, but I bet it was awesome. Um, that Jesus was the first person that was a temple for the Holy Spirit. Um, and so Jesus had relationship with the Spirit and lived out what it looked like to be the perfect temple for the Holy Spirit. This is when Jesus starts doing all these miracles and healing people um, once this takes place. Um, in John chapter 1, I think we have it up on the screen, uh, at verse 14 it says, The Word, and whenever you see that capital W, Um, for word in the Bible. It's referring to Jesus, like God's very word. We talked about that several weeks ago too. But the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is God, fully God, fully man in Jesus coming to dwell among his people. And the translation of dwelling here, if we look back um, to its original meaning, actually says um, that he came and set up a tabernacle among us. Um, that this dwelling shows that Jesus was this temple, was this tabernacle for the Holy Spirit. But if you're like me and how I think, I go, okay, well, Jesus was perfect. Jesus was spotless, sinless, um, and he was the perfect temple for God to dwell. I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. Um, I definitely need a stain remover from some of the things that I've done in my life. How the heck am I going to be a temple for the Holy Spirit? Um, And this is why, like, as we went through Mark, we came to that pinnacle moment uh, where Jesus dies on the cross. Because without Jesus' sacrifice, we would be screwed, right? We would not be able to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. Um, But what he did on the cross that day was taking all our sins, taking all those spots 
um, the perfect stain remover, right? Took all our shame, took all our guilt, all the reasons why we shouldn't be or couldn't be a temple for the Holy Spirit. And he took those to the grave with him, saying, now I have made a way, if you believe and trust in me and follow me, for you to receive God's own spirit just as I have. So then if you start thinking about being a temple um, and what that looks like, you, you see how they, they even said it in the video that these temples would be reflections of the Garden of Eden, the way that it was supposed to be. There'd be beauty, there'd be majesty, there would be glory, and all of it um, that was so good. So how do I live a life? How do I live in a way that, that invites the Spirit to, to live in me and for it to be a place that he wants to dwell as well. Um, and how does our day-to-day living impact our relationship with the Spirit? So Ephesians 4.30 um, also is up on the screen. You can turn there if you want. Um, and this is kind of what we're going to sit in a little bit. It says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. With the person next to you, talk briefly, like, what do you think it would look like to bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit in in day-to-day living? Talk about that for a little bit, then we'll come back together. So, I mean, that's, that's a good but, like, hard thing to think about. Like, even just that word sorrow is like, man, that's kind of intense, right? Um... But when we think about like our own relationships that we have with people, um, we look at what things like bring us pain, bring us sorrow. We look at how we've caused pain or sorrow to someone else. Um, and one of the ways that I've experienced this in the biggest way um, is uh, through marriage. Um, and, and part of that is uh, when I got married and, and in the, the months since, um, I knew before that that I had the tendency to be selfish, right? Think about myself first um, before other people at times, like a lot of us tend to do. When you say I do and that I'm going to put you first always to that other person, you find out how often you do not do that. <laughs> um, and it's hard to see all the times where it's like, well, I want to do this, or I want to eat this, or this is what's better for my schedule, or why didn't you think about me with this thing, right? Um, and, and selfishness, I found, is one of the ways that I can, I can hurt my wife the most, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally at times. Um, when I put myself before her, that totally brings her pain, brings her sadness, brings her sorrow. And I don't think it's too different with the Holy Spirit as well. I'm not saying it's the only way, um, but when I go, no, God, like, I'm going to choose my way, right? I'm going to put myself first before you. Um, I think that brings a lot of pain to God's Spirit in us. And it's crazy, even as we think about it, that we could even bring sorrow to God's Spirit. Like, this is infinite, eternal, um, powerful God, and yet decisions that we make on a day-to-day business, a day-to-day life, can can bring this pain to to him. Um, And I know that some of you, like, have felt on the other side um, of that as well, that you've been in, in friendships or relationships where you've, you felt like um, you're just 
you're you're always thinking of of the other person and they're never focusing on you. And now we have this relationship with the Spirit where we heard with Andrew last week all that he does to to provide, to bring about good things in our life. And God actually um, asks us to participate in this relationship, that it's not just a one-way relationship, that it's two-way, that there are things that we can actually do to bring joy, to show the Holy Spirit that we love him by how we live. Um, so if you're still in that First Corinthians passage, it's good. We're going to go through verse 20 now, and I'm going to read it again. Um, so First Corinthians uh, 6, 19 through 20. It's also up on the screen. Or no, it's not on the screen. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. But if you're like me, like I don't naturally, like I said, tend to just go, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want today? Like, what do you have for me? I want to choose um, the, the things that you would say that are best, that you would say are God's ways. Um, and in Galatians 5.17, it actually talks about this like tug of war, the struggle that we feel from trying to make our own decisions versus like what God would have us do. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That on my best day, on my best decisions, I'm probably not fully aligning or choosing with what the Spirit would have me do. Um, And that we were ultimately bought with a price by what Jesus um, did on the cross, that we don't just belong to ourselves anymore. Like if you're a Christ follower, like we belong to God. We've said yes to God. Yes, I'm in your family. And, And that came at a huge price. But now our lives, our worlds, we've said like, don't just revolve around me anymore. Um, I'm going to seek what you would have for me day by day, God. And when I first started following Jesus, I had, I I know I had God's spirit right away. Um, Part of it, I was on my way back home from Portland or to Portland from Camas. um, And in the car is when I kind of like was like, yeah, I'm all in Jesus. I'm following you. And um, one of the things that was on my heart right away uh, was like, you got to reach out to your friend, Seth. Uh, so I hit him up. It was late at night, but I went over to his house and I was like, I've just got to share with you what God just did like tonight and is doing in my life. And there's no way that even earlier that morning, morning, I would have had that kind of courage. And as I talked to him, like these words came out that I knew really didn't even belong to me because I didn't I didn't know that I had them to say, to encourage him, to speak into his life, to to point him towards Jesus. Um, and then for the following week or two before I went to ETV, um, I was hitting up my closest friend saying, can we get together? I got to tell you about like what Jesus has done in my life. And that was this clear moment. Like I have God's spirit now because there's no way I would do this on my own. And I would love to say that every sin, every insecurity just stopped right in that moment, right? That um, I didn't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit anymore, that I didn't bring any sorrow to God. Uh, But that's not the case. Uh, something I struggled with for a long time uh, when I first started following Jesus is um, I, I'm, I've always been a someone that craves acceptance and craves um, love. 
um, and, and I would text as many girls as I could, um, inappropriate stuff, sometimes just random stuff to try and, and get them um, to accept me, to say that they wanted me, whatever the case may be. And I did that for a long time. Um, and, and I'm telling you right now, it sucked, right? Um, it was no good. And I never felt good afterwards. Um, and that wasn't something that just changed for me instantly, but but slowly but surely, because I had the Holy Spirit, he kept going, Matt, what are you doing? Like, you know I love you. You know you have a community now that cares about you. These people don't actually care about you. Why are you pursuing what you know isn't good for you? And he actually brought me to the place, um, it was a couple years later, where he put it on my heart that I needed to reach out to every single one of those girls and ask for forgiveness. Uh, and I'm not saying that because, oh, look at me and what I did, right? But I would have never had that conversation before having God's spirit, right? I would have never done that. That's embarrassing. Um, that's like weird. Like nobody wants to talk about that stuff, especially people you hadn't talked to in years. Yet he brought me so far from who I used to be um, into, he was, into who God was making me to be. Um, so a couple things I, I want to leave, leave you with to, to think about. Some things that on a day-to-day basis we can think about in this relationship that we have with the Spirit. Um, because if we're this temple for him, um, there was like really strict like rules and, and restrictions and things like that about the temple. And, and we don't have all those laws for us now, but we do have to look at like ourselves and our lives and know that you're, you're sharing those things with God that God of the universe lives in you. It's not just Santa watching you for who's naughty and who's nice from a distance, right? But, but the God of the universe is with you day in, day out. So um, one thing, uh, partner with what the Spirit is doing and prompting in your life and in other people's lives. Like when you feel like that, that voice or, or whatever, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard an audible voice before, but that um, that pulling at my heart or pulling at my mind of like, Matt, like, why are you doing this? Or, or you should dive into this more. Um, don't just resist it, right? Say, okay, God, like, how can I, I jump into this? Maybe there's somebody in one of your classes or maybe even someone here that you've noticed is really lonely a lot of the time, that they, they don't have many friends uh, and you keep seeing it. Um, I, would, I would suggest that while you're probably compassionate, compassionate and a really good person, that's also God in you saying like, yeah, reach out to him like I would, right? Don't ignore those things. Partner with what God's doing and what he's doing in other people. There's people in your families, your friend groups, that God is at, on, at work and on the move um, and pursuing them and trying to draw them to him, himself. Um, our worlds don't have to so revolve around ourselves anymore. We can ask God, hey, what are you doing in Brandon's life? Like, how, how can I encourage Brandon? How can, is there something that you would have me share with him? Maybe it's just a hug. Like, what, what are you doing in Drew's life? Like, does he need someone to hang out with this week or, or, or whatnot? Sometimes it'll be, I've had really big things that I've had to share with people that I've felt God has put on my heart. And then small things, like just standing next to someone in worship that maybe I wouldn't normally stand next to. The other thing is um, learning to be in a constant conversation with the Holy Spirit. Um, listening too. That's a part of a conversation. Sometimes I forget that. I'm a verbal processor, so I like to talk a lot and I don't listen very much. <laughs> um, but listening is a huge part. Any healthy relationship has to have great communication. Like outside of 
Jesus stuff, right? You want to have a good friendship. You want to have a good dating relationship. Communication is so key um, to be on the same page when things are good and especially when things are crappy, right? To talk through, to work through those hard times. And there's those times with the Holy Spirit where we've messed up, we've made a mistake, and we don't want to talk to God at all about it. We still got to go there um, because it's so good. He's so good to us. Um, to to show us his grace, to show us his mercy, and point us back to where he would have us be. Um, and and ultimately, we we've, we've got to ask ourselves too, like, if we're this temple, is there this dirty spot of the temple? Is there this area of sin that we're just trying to hide, trying to avoid, um, trying to not have brought up with God? Um, and, and I've had that in multiple places in my life, and I still struggle against some of those things. But ultimately, when I keep those things in, when I don't try to address it with God, when I try to not put it out in front of him and work through it and seek his help and his guidance, what it ultimately does is keep me from God's best for my life. Um, I keep myself stuck. Uh, after small groups, we're going to sing Break Every Chain. And do we believe that? We sing it like with all our might. We sing it and we declare it and we're so stoked about it. But do we believe that even the things that we're so afraid of, that, that may, I don't know if God actually would love me because I feel too dirty in this or I feel too stuck in this thing. Do we believe that Jesus through his spirit can, can break those chains in our lives? So uh, something to think about as you head to small groups, is there anything keeping you from experiencing God's best for you and the relationship you have with his spirit? Um, That can be distractions. Man, this bad boy right here is really good at at keeping me um, from being focused on what the spirit has for me day in, day out. Um, Are are there things that just need to be cut out? Um, Because God's chosen to make his dwelling place in us, his people. Um, and how we live impacts that relationship. We have the opportunity to bring sorrow or we have the opportunity to bring a lot of life and joy to God's spirit who ultimately brings us into more life and more joy into bigger and better things than we could ever choose for ourselves. Uh, we're not our own. We're bought with a price by Jesus. Um, so let's work at honoring God's spirit um, and with how we live in our day-to-day. I'm going to pray. Um, we're going to go to small groups and, and leaders. Let's actually be back um, at 840. Um, but if you could, like, be back at 840, um, that would be awesome. Unless things are just too good um, in your groups, so you can keep going. Um, but I'll pray for us, and then your, your leaders will have some questions in your groups. Jesus, uh, we thank you that you you loved us so much that you would Um, pay the price for us um, that seemed insurmountable so that we might gain your spirit. Uh, And Holy Spirit, we want to know how to live with you, how to have relationship with you, and we thank you for all the work that you're doing that we don't even know you're doing in our lives right now. Um, God, I especially lift up any of my, my friends here that are wrestling with something that ultimately is keeping them from you and for all the goodness that you have for them. Um, Would they long for more? Would they long for life? Would they not put up with um, 
with having the spot that they just try and keep to themselves hidden. Lord, you say that truth truly sets us free um, and that your perfect love casts out all fear. Would we long to be in your perfect love more and more? And the things that we hold on to because of fear or insecurity, would they just decrease because of who you are? Uh, we want to follow you more each day. So help us to do that this week. Your name, amen.